Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is our uh, last little uh, block here on the uh, extended Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag. we got so many of these, we could honestly probably do another one sometime before camp. Uh, But the next question here from Tony D, he says, how important is the success of Gilmore and Cooks to the future offseason philosophy of the Cowboys? We've seen them overreact to negative and positive results. For example, maybe they blame Brandon Carr for why they don't sign free agents. So could these two free agents having a significant impact change the Cowboys approach? I don't know if it'll change the Cowboys approach because both players were traded for, you know, this is, this is a new dynamic is when you lose players, you get compensatory picks. And instead of using the compensatory picks in the actual draft, you use them to go get veteran players whose contracts are reasonable or that you can find at a team that just wants to unload and they're willing to help you pay the freight. So I don't think it's – these weren't signings. These were these were a philosophy, and I I love what they did. If you know that you're going to get compensatory picks, or you know, of course you have your own picks. Trading fifth, sixth round players for veteran players on workable contracts, I think, is a really, really, really good strategy. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that that's a, a, a bad strategy. I do like the idea, though, if these guys are able to make an impact, if it makes them a little less gun shy. Uh, the the only issue here, obviously, is that uh, they they got both these guys essentially as steals. They they didn't yeah. have to give up much for Gilmore. They didn't exactly. have to give up much for Cooks. And so it's hard to say that, it, like, it, I think it would just encourage them further to bargain been shot more than anything else. The same way they did with J. Ron Curse. Like, oh, we hit on Curse. We can find people like this. We can we can do that. And not that that's necessarily the worst way to approach it. If you can find a Gilmore and a Cooks for the value you got, by all means, do it. Um, I just think that we've seen pretty consistently over the course of you know, 15 years, every Super Bowl winning team usually has one big outside acquisition that they made that they sent spent significant capital on. That's generally well, the case. Well, don't don't expect it to happen next season, Bob. Right. No, I mean, no. unless we're talking about a trade for somebody yeah, in a position because, of it, because it's all about lamb and Parsons and digs. And, you know, it, it ain't about the outsides. It's about the insides now. You're not going to see the Cowboys go big on on any type of free agent, I don't believe. What you'll see them, though, is they'll continue to trade draft picks. Sound strategy. Very sound strategy, I like. Uh, next question here from Messenger. Uh, assuming Zeke was willing to just accept any role and, and accept a reduced role and, hey, you know, whatever you need from me, I'll do it. Uh, what specific roles, snaps, or packages do you think Zeke in his present ability would excel in? Third down. Third down, because he blitz pickups. You know, he's aware. He knows how to leak out of the backfield. If things start to kind of break down, he can find a way to get open. I I don't think they used him. I mean, it seemed like that every time in the screen game and stuff, it was tight end screens or receiver screens or it wasn't screens of the backs. And, you know, I, I think that on third down, legitimately, you know, you could bring him in. If you want to hand in the ball, try and pop a nickel run, you know, he's capable if it's a third and seven, you hand in the ball, he's capable of getting eight yards, you know, and then and then it's a first down. But he's he's good on blitz pickup. He can catch the football and he can pop a nickel run. That's kind of where I would envision having him on the field is on third down. Next question here uh, from Chris. Am I wrong about that? No, no, no. I, th- I think you're right. I think third down because of the, like you say, the awareness, the ability to, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield, do some different things. I don't think he's nearly, I, I know everybody talks about him in the sense of like, well, yeah, if he's a short yardage back and yada, 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 it's like, you know what? There've been times in the last few years where I don't feel like he was super effective in short yardage anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I mean the ability to pass protect a little bit, which also I will say, I think even that skill set of his diminished a little bit in recent years. I don't think it was as good as it once was, um, but it's still adequate. And he's somebody who has good hands and, and like say has the awareness to know when to leak out of the backfield and, and yeah. do some different things. So I, he's I think he's an that aware that's, football player. He's a yeah. very aware football player. Yeah. yeah he's a, he is a, he is not, his issues are all physical limitations. He's a high IQ football player. He, he, he really is um, for, for he just you know, slow down. He yeah. just, he just, his, you know, his, the, the, the knee injury he had, him getting banged up, the carries, it just slowed him down. You know, he went from being kind of an explosive player first two, three years to the last three, four years of being a guy that just played too banged up. He was unselfish. He played when he was hurt. Probably shouldn't have done that. You know, might have ended his career playing hurt. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next question here from Skip Nance. He wants to know, can the Cowboys truly count on Tony Pollard to carry a full-time load as the primary running back? He says, don't they still need a pile-driving running back? Well, you know, people will tell you that, you know, when you stand next to Pollard, they'll tell you he's not small, you know, and he's willing to run between the tackles. He could do that. He's good at hitting the hole. Uh, you know, the 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 thing that, the thing that's going to be interesting to me is I think there's going to be, as we get into the season, we're going to hear a lot about Tony Pollard not practicing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be, by the time we get to week four, Tony Pollard will probably be taking days off, probably be on the, on the injury report as, you know, uh, DNP, you know, did not practice, you know. Yeah. And I, I, they're going to have to manage. They're going to have to manage him after these games because the wear and tear is going to be pretty significant on him. And, you know, he's a 200 pound guy. And, you know, he's, I can say, as being the primary ball carrier, you know, how many times is he going to get towed it in a game? 18, 20, 23 times a game? You know, that's that's difficult. Those things start to add up. And like I said, I think by week three, week four, we're going to start to see him. You know, they're going to have to rest him to get him ready, healed up and ready to play on the on the weekends, because I think it's going to be tough for him uh, to to carry the ball as much as he is and play as much as he is and and be ready to play every week. Next question here from Steve Rogers. He's wanting to do you think the same thing about that or because I don't know who's right now. I Malik Davis, uh, you know, get a new running back coach, new OC, new, you know, I want to believe Malik Davis and others could help. But until then, you have to assume that that he's going to get the line share of the work. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I think that the the question of his DNP and, and the the workload management they give him will be interesting, especially for a guy who's franchised and and looking for a big deal. I, I think he absolutely could, you know, that that it might be in everybody's best interest to give him, you know, the Romo Wednesdays or or whatever else. And and look, they've seen some of these running backs take a bit of a beating. I do think they believe that he can be a a full-time running back though I, I yeah that's they obviously think that but they they also are going to need some people behind him to make sure that that his workload gets managed enough to where he's not out there you know every single snap which he won't be but some guys are going to have to show up behind him and it might, it might be deuce fawn and some others like that old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Next question here from Steve Rogers. He wants to know, which is the higher probability of happening, Brian? Dak has a repeat season of really high turnovers, or the offensive line is unable to protect him and he takes a beating? Which negative is more likely to happen here? Uh, you know me, I'm, I don't want anything to do with Dak and turnovers, but I do believe that Dak Prescott, and I can't wait to ask him this question at camp. And I, you know, I don't know what kind of answer I'll get, but I, I think that Dak really, really trusts his teammates. And, and you're saying, well, wait, broadest quarterbacks are supposed to, but to a fault, you know, I mean, when Noah Brown is, dropping the ball and it's clanging off him and it's getting intercepted or whatever else is happening or CD's not running the right route or Dalton Schultz gets confused downfield or, you know, something happens, you know, all those go on Dak. All that blame goes on Dak right there, you know? And I, I just feel like that, you know, I'm Dak. I'm like, man, you trust your teammates so much. And even when they're, even when they're not delivering Michael Gallup, or Tolbert, you know, CD on some of those routes. Even when they're not delivering, he keeps going at them. He keeps going at them, you know, instead of saying, ah, damn it, I'm just going to throw this one away or I'm going to I'm going to eat it or I'm going to run. I'm, you know, I mean, that's that's the fault of Dak. And I, and I I don't mean that as a as a negative. I mean that as like he's trying so hard to make plays and his teammates let him down a lot of times, you know? And, and if you still, if they're not on the same page with Brandon cooks, if they're not on the same page with, and that's the one thing that Dak has been talking about being on the same page, being on the same page. I think Dak is getting tired of standing up there taking the blame for turnovers. You know, I think he's putting it out there for these guys that, Hey, listen, you better be in the right spot. But you know yeah. what? He keeps throwing it and throwing it and throwing it, and he trusts these guys are going to do the right thing. And, yeah, some of them are his fault. But, man, there's quite a few of them that that are, you know, his his teammates have let him down. And that's where the, that's where the problems are. It's that Dak trusts those guys so much to keep feeding them the ball when they're letting him down. That's just – that's how – that's how he operates. So – it wouldn't surprise me to see that be the be the avenue. Not not cheering for nobody's cheering for turnovers, but you know, these guys have got to step up for him. They got to step up and find a way to make some plays for him. Yeah, I mean that that's absolutely the case. They do need to step up, make some plays for him. I or know where the hell they're running the routes and and don't carry coverage into other, you know, where all of a sudden men are getting drug in, you know. When you're supposed to run a route on the goal line and you're supposed to break in and you stay you stay uh, you stay straight and all of a sudden there's confusion and he thinks you're breaking inside and the ball's thrown you know inside and you're not there, that's that's on you, CD or Gallup or Schultz or Noah Brown, any of those guys. Yeah, I'd say I think there's a a a 
almost 0% chance that he turns the ball over at the same rate he did last year. Even if he does continue to have some turnovers, I just, when you look at the fact that he was more than double last season, uh, his interception percentage was more than double what it had been for his entire career. That that says that's a bit of an outlier. Like, I mean, I think we saw essentially the same quarterback last year. There was some bad luck, some extra risk taking and the risk taking hit him in the negative in a way at a rate that's just much higher than is normally sustainable. There's going to be some regression to the mean. So I, I just think there's zero chance that he's throwing 15 interceptions in 10 games, like, like that kind of rate again. Um, and, and I think that, you know, they, we've heard them talk about how they're, they're really evaluating how to limit it and how to do some different mm-hmm. things. So look, I, I think that there's a much better chance if we're trying to figure out which is more likely. I think there's a much the offensive better chance line that, yeah. that they struggle to protect for him because yeah. I just yeah. don't see any way that the turnovers are that high again. Well, you know, it's funny, and I was looking at his numbers the other day, and it, it, it you know, the game when before he got hurt, there was a when he played five games in one season, and I forget what year it was, but I was looking. That was that was twenty twenty. That was the COVID year. Yeah, he had four interceptions in five games. Mm-hmm. I didn't know but, that, but you remember he that was when he was throwing the ball sixty times a game. They were trailing. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, and yeah. I, I didn't. I was thinking. Oh, well, well, you know, you know how people like, oh, we'll project that out over 16, 17 games. What do you got? You know, and I'm like, okay, but, you know, that's the the fault. The fault to me of Dak is how much he trusts guys that let him down. That's that's the fault to Dak Prescott, you know, and we'll see. We'll see if these guys, I mean, there's going to be one or two times where they're not on the same page. But there can't be seven or eight times where they're not on the same page, you know? Yeah, yeah that was uh, just going back and looking at it real quick. Uh, he had his attempts in that game, He had or, or that year, he had 39 in o- the opening game. He had 47 in week two, yeah. 57 against Seattle, 58 against Cleveland, and then 21 in a shortened start against the Giants. But that's the, the thing that's interesting is that even with those four interceptions, Given the number of passes he attempted, his interception oh, yeah. was still one point eight, and that's still less. That that that's it. Just was surprising because I'm was like three point eight last year. Three point eight percent of his passes were getting picked off, which was just an absurdly high rate. He had he had only been the the he had a two point seven percent interception percentage in 2017, which was higher. Um, but outside of that, the highest year he'd ever had was 1.8. He's always been under 2%. So for it to be 3.8, I think speaks to just how much of an outlier it likely was. Yeah, we hope so. But like right. I say, I think I think a lot of it has to do with those guys playing. They need to do a better job of helping him out. Last question he, he, here. He and and like, way too much. like I said, we still got plenty of these. We need to do a live stream, Brian. That's what we need to do. We need to do a live stream out in Oxnard where we can get some of okay. these questions coming in live. That'd be fun. All right. Uh, last question here from uh, at the Tabasco. And he oh. had a couple different questions, but we've kind of answered the first two. So I'll just stick with the last one here. Uh, and he basically wants to know, are the Cowboys any closer to beating San Francisco than they were the last two years? Wow. You know, that to me, the the team that I worry far more about the 49ers than I do the Eagles. And I think the Eagles have a really, I think the Eagles have a really good team. I think the 49ers are the best team in the, in the conference. 
myself. And I and think that's if with you're the gonna, questions at quarterback, that tells you how strong yeah, that team is. And I, I love their coaching staff. I love their players. Um, are they any, is Dallas any closer? I would say probably not, but you got to play these things. Yeah. You got to play. I mean, think about this though. The last two years you've played them, the defense has done their job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my faith right there. If you could find a way, you know, with we talked about the turnovers, you know, we talked about the ability to not get behind in a game, three and outs and stuff like that. You know, I want to believe, I want to believe that Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenhammer, the thing that scares me to death about this Cowboy team, and I've said it a bunch, I worry about all the turnover on the coaching staff on the offensive side. If they show us, like we said earlier in this, where they're coming in, they're hitting on all cylinders early in this thing, and now put that to bed, you know, it's really about generating offense. It's about finishing drives because your defense has done a pretty good job the last two times against them. But we have our questions about the offense, and that's that's why I can't say with certainty that they're any closer. You know, they might be closer just because they changed out all those coaches. That might be exactly what they needed to get over the hump because defensively they figured out the 49ers. They have Dan Quinn has kind of figured some things out playing them, you know, and the defense has figured some things out. Yeah. The questions are, the questions are, can you run the football against them? Can you play action against them? Can you not turn over the ball? Can you, when you get down in the red zone, not kick field goals? You know, that's that's where this if, – if you're better than San Francisco, you're going to have to be better. Your offense has to be better because your defense is good enough to beat them, I think. Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily any closer to beating San Francisco in 2023 than they were the past two years, but I also don't think it's any sort of chasm – that that makes it impossible for them to beat them. This isn't in any given Sunday. Like you're just like, well, the you know, it's maybe, not fluky. If you yeah, beat maybe, them, maybe one out of these one hundred. No, yeah, yeah no. you can absolutely beat this team. They're better than you, but you can beat them. Yes, you can. It, it's yes, it's you not can. impossible to beat them. I do agree. I think the Cowboys are closer to consistently being able to beat the Eagles than they are the 49ers. But right. the, Cowboys, the Cowboys can be competitive in any game against the 49ers, and they can win just about any game against them. So in that sense, they're close. It comes down to their offense. Yep. It comes down to their offense. Their yep. defense is good enough to beat San Francisco. Yep. That does it for us today on the Love of the Star podcast. Like I said, we got a ton more questions that we can probably run through again. And this is fun. We were able to c- touch on a bunch of different topics here with you. Uh, Brian, any closing thoughts here? Yeah, I just thanks again to everybody. I know we're getting close to the season. We're excited about being out at camp and and doing these shows. And just, again, uh, the questions you guys provide, they're excellent questions. I'm sorry we don't get to all of them, but, man, we do our best to to provide. And uh, But, again, thank you guys for everything you do for Bobby and I and, uh, and Peyton as well who put this together. For Brian Broaddus, I am Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys again next time on Love the Star. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus